This is Finessing Your Finances with Baruch Lubinsky on JewishCoffeeHouse.com. I'm Scott Kahn, and today we're going to be talking about foreign currency and transferring your foreign currency to Israel or other countries. And Baruch, I have some money in dollars, and I'm always checking the rate. I'm looking at XE.com, which updates it every two seconds. And it's been very bad for my blood pressure because when I'm constantly looking, it's gone from, oh my gosh, it's from 3442 to 3441. This is a constant problem, and frankly, the dollar's been getting weaker corresponding to the shekel, or perhaps the shekel's getting stronger. I never know when to transfer my money. Should I wait another day? Should I not? I know there's no science to it per se, but maybe you can give me some advice. The question that you just asked, Scott, is one of the most common questions that I get from my clientele, from anyone who is seeking financial advice about how to manage their money, because especially for multinational citizens, people who are living here in Israel or abroad, and they're dealing with their finances in different currencies, in different countries. So they have to always be thinking about, well, how do I want that breakdown? And even for the simple man on the street who at any point in time might be getting a sum of money or inherited some money, and they have to figure out, well, how do I get it into my local currency? When do I make that big switch? When do I transfer it? When do I really convert it? Because the, the transferring is not necessarily the event, right? You can bring money here in foreign currency and have that. The question is when do you convert it over to Scotland? When do you convert it and how do I convert it into the local currency? What do you mean, how are, do I convert Because it? there are different ways that you can convert with different organizations and the rates can vary tremendously, but I'll come back to so that. I want to hear about that in a moment. But okay. first, I want you to tell me, when should I transfer my money and convert it over to Shkalim? Is there okay. an answer? There obviously is no answer. Oh, well. It's not as easy as making a prediction. If I knew where the currency markets were going tomorrow, then I wouldn't be sitting here and talking with you. I would be trading currencies and be making a lot of money doing it. In fact, I don't even have to trade currencies and win you know, 99% of the time if I knew 51% of the time how a currency was going to fluctuate. So I would be a very, very, very rich man, and I would have no need <laughs> for this discussion. <laughs> so currencies are, by definition, always in equilibrium. There's always a demand, and there's a supply. And you have more demand, so then the currency goes up in value. And when you have more supply, the currency goes down in value. We never know... And especially in today's day and age, when so much of the currency markets are based on speculators, they're not just based on the demand. You might say, okay, well, there's demand. Why do people want dollars? They want dollars because they want to buy something in dollars that people are selling in dollars. They want shekels. Why would the shekel be strong? If you need to buy something in shekels, so then you need shekels. If somebody is going to buy something from an Israeli merchant, they need shekels in order to buy it from them. But it's not so simple because it's not just based on the flows of currency, the flows of goods and services around the world. It's also based on speculators. What does that mean? Speculators have money out there. Think of it as like somebody who's not just selling a good and needs currency against that good or service. Instead, there are people out there with just sacks of cash, call them, and they are investing in currencies that they think are going to go up in value. But they actually do more than that. They actually will invest in those currencies in order to influence the currency. In other words, by investing a certain amount, it actually causes that currency to go in a certain direction. It can, correct. If they invest, we're talking billions of dollars, obviously. Correct. And that's why speculators can move a currency in theory. 
they're really manipulators on they, some level. Correct, exactly. And that's what people have been accused of in the past, right? There's a famous case of somebody who was blamed for the for the collapse of a major Western currency because it made a very, very large bet against that currency and caused a collapse. But you have- It sounds a lot like when someone invests a huge amount into a certain company and all of a sudden the stock begins to rise. Correct. It's all part of the same process. Because it's demand. When you have speculators who are buying that currency, they're creating more demand and they're causing it to go up. And they're actually many times- Making their own money. They're hoping that, that their own movement is going to cause it to go up. They have to get enough at a lower price in order for it to be profitable because if they only kept buying it as it was going up, so then they are in real danger of losing when it actually comes down. But you have a tremendous amount of money in the world that is just moving because of speculators, because of investors, because people out there say, oh, the shekel, the shekel has been a great place to invest your money. So you have investment houses, investment funds who say, well, I'd rather have my 3% or 2% being earned in shekels because then the shekel has been strengthening, so I'll keep my money here in shekels. So you have investment managers who will bring money here to Israel, and that will cause the currency to Are you saying that in theory, but that's actually happening? That has actually been something that has been happening for decades. For decades in the shekel? For decades. You're kidding. No. We know the shekel is strong now, but for decades? For decades, there has been a flow of capital into Israel because Israel has been a great place to have your investments. There has been, in in the past, it used to be a very high interest rate. And that that interest rate used to also be tied to the inflation rate at a period of time because when we went through the 80s here when we had hyperinflation and we developed mechanisms that protected people. So you have government inflation indexed bonds, which protect the investor. So you had a flow of capital here from outside of the country because they were secure in knowing that if I invested in shekels, I would have a certain rate of interest. I might be also linked to the inflation rate, so my money is protected. And if I think the shekel is going to stay at a recent, at a decent valuation, so then I'm going to do very well. And as we've seen over the last decade or two, that the, that the shekel has not just been a you know a weak currency that's been devaluing slower, it's actually been appreciating against major Western currencies. So it's actually become a very, very hot currency for people to come into. You mentioned before we went on the air that the shekel is technically the strongest currency in the world over the past decade. It has been incredibly strong. The dollar has been going up the last couple of years, for instance, against a basket of currencies around the world. It has been very, very strong, but against Israel. In the last year, the currency is down over 10%. Well, that's great news for Israel's economy. It's not necessarily great news for people who have foreign currency they want to bring it over and transfer to Shkalim. That's correct. That is correct. And, and in the long run, it can impact on people tremendously. If people make Aliyah and they're living here and they're depending on their Social Security, which is coming in in dollars, or they might have retirement accounts or other assets that are generating income in dollars, and all of a sudden their dollars are worth in shekels 10% less, it can impact on their standard of living and their ability to survive here, which is why I always tell people when they make Aliyah that you need to have an exposure to the local currency as well. Because we might go through periods of time like this where the dollar is weak And you might have to decide, well, do I use my shekels right now or do I convert my dollars? And you don't want to have to convert your money when the dollar is low. Now, again, I don't know. And nobody knows where the dollar is going to be going tomorrow. I don't think anybody out there and don't believe all the pundits and the news. The news has to write things. People in the financial press have to write things. So you're going to have as many predictions out there because that's by definition there's an equilibrium. There are people out there who think it's going to – 
stronger and people out there think that it's going to get weaker. Nobody really knows. What you have to do and you have to think about in the long run is where does this foreign currency play a part of your financial plan? In other words, because there's no way of predicting it, if I have money in dollars, or let's say somebody primarily has money in dollars or a foreign currency, that person probably should think about the fact that it's going to be unclear how much money he or she is going to have in the future and should transfer some of that money and invest it in Shkalim, in Israeli investments, so that there's less fluctuation for them. That's one element of it, very important element, but you still have to decide when you're going to do that. Ah, okay. So, <laughs> Do I do it now when it's, when it's low or do I wait a year or two? Maybe I, I can wait. There's no way anyone can know, and you it's just a guess. Know. So you can't know, but you can make educated guests. Okay, what kind of educated guests can you make? So for instance, if you look back over the last 10 years, you can see that the dollar has fluctuated, for the most part, between 3.5 and 4 shekels to the dollar. But now it's even lower than 3.5. So now it's a little bit below that band and has gone out of that band three times on the bottom side of the band over that 10-year period of time. But it's been for very, let's call them relatively short periods of time. But that's basically where the band has been. And it has fluctuated. It's gone up and down and up and down. And there are reasons why it stays within that band. The Israeli government, the Bank of Israel, doesn't want it to go below that band. Why? Because if it gets too strong, it becomes much more difficult for Israeli exporters, which is the majority of, of the industry in this country still. It gets much more difficult for them to And yet at the same time, the Bank of Israel, which obviously is able to manipulate on some level the currency by buying and selling foreign currencies in exchange for Shkalim, at the same time we see that there's only so much they can do. We'll hear that they're going to be buying this much money. Because they're in- fighting against speculators. Because they're fighting against speculators who might actually have a lot more money than they do. And so even if they're buying hundreds of millions of dollars, and that is what is actually happening over time, and they do that in order to weaken, to weaken the, the shekel. So it still does not necessarily absorb all the excess demand for the shekel, and it can still continue to have. But it'll be, but it'll be dampened. Is, they, they can do something. They it's do. Not completely they do, and they, and that's part of the monetary policy that they have, is which is to buy dollars in the event that the shekel is too high. And I guarantee you, right now we're starting to see that, and and they indicate that it's gotten down to three point four four right now, up a little bit, down a little bit. They're in the market. The and market. the government is looking very carefully, or the Bank of Israel is looking very Israel. carefully at this. They are. They are looking very carefully at this. they want to make this. sure it doesn't get too low. Yeah. So, so when you're looking at it as an investor, or when you're looking at it as just a plain citizen who has to decide whether to bring it over. So if it's a small amount of money, and you need that money, so then the small fluctuations aren't going to make a big difference. And I think people should just reduce the stress level and just bring it over and convert it because nobody knows when it's going to be higher or lower. I'm Canadian, right? So Canadian dollar has fluctuated compared to the American dollar, has fluctuated even much more wildly over the last five years. Corresponding to the shekel. Corresponding to the shekel. The the dollar at some point in time, four years ago, the Canadian dollar was over 4.1. And right now it's trading at about 3.7. 3.75 approximately right now. It's gone down by a lot more. And I had people at, at a, any period of time, you know, when it was between four and three saying, oh, I'm not going to convert it now. It's only at 3.5. Halavai, if I was looking at that at 3.5 Canadian dollar right now, I would have, you know, would, everybody would be thrilled. But you never know where. So you, you might as well just convert that money, make sure you have 
the money available in the local currency and that you're not following it and stressing out on a day-to-day basis. And the educated guesses are for the people who are investing or transferring a lot of money and converting it to Scotland. So that largely depends on when they need the money. If they really need the money in the short term, so then they have to put a plan in place for converting that money so that they have enough money available and that they can do whatever they need to, whether it's because they need money for spending or because they want to invest it and they might want to be buying a business, they might want to be investing in here in Israel. That brings us back to something you mentioned at the beginning about different ways and means of transferring money over to Shkollim. Can okay. you talk about that for a second? Yeah, sure. So the main ways that people convert money here in Israel are either through the banking system. That means just writing Going a check. Going to Bankapolium and having them do it for you. Right, writing a check from your foreign currency account and depositing those dollars in your account, and then converting them into shekels. You can use the money changers. Money changers also are changing in exactly the same foreign currency market, but they're doing it in a slightly different way. They have more competitive margins. Oftentimes, they will give people better rates than the banks. There's a higher level of risk when you use a money changer. In because, what sense? Because you're transferring the money to their account. If they go belly up in between, you lost money. Correct, exactly. And we've seen, I've experienced myself, you know, with clients of mine who who have seen bankruptcies and local money changers over the years here in Israel. In other words, they're not guaranteed the way a bank is. Correct, correct. And and even though a bank is not guaranteed in the sense that you know we don't have FDIC insurance like you do in the U.S., but you don't need it here in Israel because the banking system is oligopolistic, very small amount of banks that are implicitly guaranteed by the government. They're not explicitly, there's no formal insurance, but they're implicitly because they're so important in the Israeli industry that they're not going bankrupt. The government won't let that happen. Correct. So without an FDIC, you still have some sort of implicit insurance. Correct. It's not insurance, it's, it's, a, it's a security, right? And so when you have it in your account, it's in your bank account. You're not worried about the business going bankrupt. But in theory, There's fraud involved, money changers who can do a lot of things. Anybody, in theory, if you give them your money, you now have to trust that person. And so in addition to money changers and banks, there are also brokerage houses who also convert money, and they do it directly. Uh, Israeli brokerage houses? Israeli brokerage houses as well as foreign brokerage houses. And if, let's say, you have an investment account with a brokerage house where you have your investments, that might be an excellent option for you to bring your money in through them and have them convert it for you. Because a lot of times brokerage houses, are that's not their core business to make money off of foreign Ah. currency. So what they'll do is they'll convert it for you and they'll get a good rate. And if it's a large enough amount of money, they can actually work directly with the dealing room and get better rates. I even know a brokerage house that I work with. They manage money, but they have a a separate foreign currency department where you can work directly with them. So if you bring in money, they're trying to compete with the banks. But because they're a large brokerage house and very reputable, so you can have a lot more security knowing that when you transfer it to them... It's not the guy in the corner. Correct. When you're you're transferring it to them, you're transferring to them and they have a bank account and they're very reputable. And they are working both sides of the trade, meaning they're selling dollars, they're buying dollars. So they can be the money maker. And when they are the money maker, they can make the margins a lot smaller. While the bank, who's dealing with the average retail client, is going to be charging you much, much higher fees. And they're going to charge you fees for receiving money and for converting money. And there's going to be all the series of fees along the way. It's not for the average person 
who's coming over with $1,000 or even $10,000 and they need to convert it. You're going to either work directly with a money changer that you trust and that you can do things very simply with because one of the advantages of the money changers are that they are very easy to deal with. Well, they have one business essentially. Yeah, they have one business, but it's also their, their English speakers. Right? You can deal with your friend who, who oftentimes will have an account in the U.S. who you can just make a, a local transfer in the U.S. and then he'll give you money here in shekels. So it's very easy for you to do that. But once you get into larger sums, people who are buying apartments, people who have larger sums that they need to bring over investments. So then it's already at that point in time, it's it's worth it to, to look into things because there can be some very significant spreads. And, and you just have to be a little bit more sophisticated in terms of negotiating with your bank and or the financial institution that you're working with to get those better rates. And that's where people like you come in. So Baruch, if anyone wants to talk to you about this or any other topic regarding finances in Israel or abroad, how do they reach you? The best way generally is through our website, which is at www.lebinsky.com. And our office number is 972-2991-0029. I've been with Baruch Lubinsky today, who is the author of A Financial Guide to Aliyah and Life in Israel. Baruch, thank you as always. This is Scott Kahn, and you've been listening to Finessing Your Finances with Baruch Lubinsky on JewishCoffeeHouse.com. Subscribe to this and other great podcasts at iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or by going to JewishCoffeeHouse.com. And please go to iTunes to rate and review this podcast. It will help us a lot.